Okay, I'm recording again. Cool. Got so um remember like a couple podcasts ago when you were talking about improving your connection speed by bridging the modem? Doing something with your modem. Yeah. What generally was that? <laughs> um what I what you do is you take you go into your modem and Typically, the modem is set up as a router, a DNS server, and a DHCP server in addition to its um, PPoE or whatever, you know, authentication protocol your your provider is using. Oh, so are, are you talking about like sort of uh, like the router double natting? No, not really. Really your... what it is is when you bridge the modem, um, you, you set it up as a network bridge, which means you take all the smart stuff out of its brain and the only thing it does is it yeah. translates from one protocol to another. So it takes your DSL or your cable packet traffic and translates it into Ethernet, which is what you know bridges initially did. Yeah. They, they provided the link between networks of disparate um, media. So bridging the modem means that you take this modem, which isn't really just a modem, and you turn off all of its services... And then you set it in bridge mode. Like, there's probably a setting somewhere that says, you know, set this thing to bridge. Do you guys have DSL? No, we have cable. It might not be possible, or it may already be bridging, because a lot of cable modems do an auto detect bridge, where if they if they don't if they're not the only device uh, on the Ethernet side, yeah. So if they, they just, if they see a yeah, router, they'll, they'll turn themselves off. If you call mm-hmm. your cable company, they'll walk you through it. Yeah, I need to figure that out because something's totally whack with our connection. Like last night, we uh we cleared Zulamon and wow, it was pretty sweet. Even though it's sort of like a bitter victory because they just got done nerfing the hell out of all the raids. <laughs> so like it was sort of a cakewalk, and we sort of did it with eight people when it's a ten man mm. dungeon. But that wasn't really the accomplishment. Um, it would have been but- like two months ago. Yeah, it was still, like, totally fun because we had never seen those fights before. And the nice thing is because they've made it sort of easier and, like, easier isn't exactly the right word, but they've made it so the loss of one person isn't necessarily an immediate failure. And it can set up all these really cool situations where, like, if somebody goes down, normally you'd be like, oh, that's a wipe. Everybody stand near the door. We'll start it over again. But, like, in this, like, people were dying, and we'd, like, do things to accommodate for it. And I sort of wish that's just how it always was. Because it's, like, in the one fight, like, one of our healers um, disconnected midway through the fight. And we're, like, normally you'd be, like, oh, crap, we're boned. But, like, you know, Luke, who is a damage-dealing priest, swapped out and started healing. And, like, we were able to pick it up and sort of organize around that. And that's something that would have never happened pre this patch. But anyway, that's sort of beside the point. Um, so Graziel's roommate was downloading something on a torrent last night and, like, had his upstream throttled, but it still killed our bandwidth. And, like, just there's a lot of things like that. And I need to figure out how to get this connection to even like a workable level because now it's not at all accomplishing what we want to accomplish i don't know i mean it even if you you throttle upload you're gonna you're you're killing your download not because even upload delivers like less bandwidth period but it also takes away a disproportionate amount of the line to go out yeah i i I I know generally how it works does he know the password to the router philly he does? Yeah. 
Like I know that we can. Uh, does he? No. Yeah, just but turn off I those ports when you're playing. It, but that's just... like that. That's a little vindictive. Like we could, we just asked him last night, and he waited until we were done. But like, I'd rather just have everybody happy because you know it's it's his connection too. In fact, if anything, I I don't pay for cable, so I'm I'm the least least inclined to have an like, argument. Entitled yeah. recipient. Yeah, like I have no back grounds to stand. I on, mean, considering that, I'm like an illegal immigrant in this. Doing apartment. all that stuff to your modem might work, but I don't know. Like, because it's been my experience that even after doing that, it improved my speed uh, for like Halo and you know any kind of game. Period. But um, if I'm doing any kind of torrenting or downloading, like when I upload the podcasts, yeah, I, I basically mean, don't use the internet because I know it's just going to be too slow. Like even browsing. Yeah, I, I know that those things generally don't mix. But like in Philly, you could get away with torrenting something. Like I, I could torrent something while Jerry and them were playing WoW as long as I kept the the upstream below like 10K. Like they wouldn't have any latency problems. Yeah, but you're dealing in a much denser. So, I mean, I guess Philly's a pretty it's cable. It's a dense cable market. But I got to believe that in New York, you're going to have way more and not as many pipes just because – it's it's so huge. Yeah, like, but I sort of live in an old people neighborhood. I can't imagine they're eating up too much too much of the bandwidth. I guess you're still in Brooklyn. There's pockets of Brooklyn where That's hipsters true. are all about downloading and uploading their music. It's like, that yo, check true. out this bootleg. Perhaps my roommate is one of them. <laughs> Perhaps. But uh, God, why can't FiOS just be here, dude? That's gonna be the hotness. No matter where I move, FiOS is never around i want to get that that dark fiber rub it all over myself dude that was the that was the joke um when i was in philly and Penn was pulling new fiber out to 45th street you know i lived on 44th oh, street and i was like i went to my boss i was like dave you know just pull a couple <laughs> strands off and run them down into our building i'll install the terminator it's you like, won't hook have me to up do with anything. an old switch yeah, like it was so weird because I would like pass the contractors on my way to work. I'd be like, "What's up, guys?" They'd be like working on the poles. I'd just be like, "How's it going?" Um, maybe I'm two hours late for work today. Don't tell my <laughs> boss. <laughs> it's cool. We were good. I hooked them up with some fiber once. I was promised a case of beer. It never showed up. Ooh. That was like a funny weird story the guy called me up and we were like kind of buddies i like them because they were the only reliable contractors <laughs> most of them sucked and like would just ignore like you know fiber you got to have it to when you set up the original fiber you want a certain amount of db you want loss less than a certain amount of db basically you want clean tips on the fiber and they'd be like yeah that's pretty clean and it's like no we don't want pretty clean we want acceptable <laughs> So these were the people that would work with you. And one time he calls me up. He's like, uh, we need a couple patch cables because the Eagles cannot get internet. And he's like, it just took us up. We'll give them back and I'll get you a case of beer. And I was like, you had me at, well, I was already thinking beer and then you said it. So we're good. And he was like, you're going to make a lot of Eagles fans very happy. And I was like, I think Donovan McNabb getting the surgery in the beginning of the season instead of at the end would make Eagles fans very happy. <laughs> When you've got a frigging bye week. Yes. It's like, come on, dude. It's like, oh, I'm going to be out for three weeks. 
should I take it when there's only two games in those three weeks and they're two easy-ass games that don't matter? Or should I take them at the end of the season? It's like, I hate feeling like I'm a better manager than... Than Andy Reid? The managers. Well, at one point, he had something going for him. Maybe not so much The one thing going for him was when Donovan... What can you do? The West Coast offense looks good when Brian Westbrook isn't dead. But, you know, as soon as some part of his body breaks, we look like crap. But that is neither here nor there. It's like, stop murdering your players. We have very... Oh, well, yeah. Nobody listens to this podcast to hear football talk. Wait a second. I'm going to watch this. uh, Especially not when there's... Can you believe... Cybernetic laser shooting saber-toothed tigers to discuss. Oh, my gosh. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Cryogenically frozen cybernetic laser shooting saber-toothed tigers. What's really great, I mean... You got to set that up because it's not all right. So, this is the Benton episode, which means that Benton is the main character. So I know what you're thinking. Everything about this episode is going to be 100% gay, but you're wrong. <laughs> and from Sniper One Pants Leg Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> Yo, for real, that lady was twice the man Benton was in half the pants. <laughs> That's I love it. I just love these like visions of the future. It's like this is what people are just gonna wear. That's like her walking around clothes <laughs> or her hovering around clothes. I love how in the future we're still gonna have like the equivalent of the Segway. The Segway being any vehicle that makes you look totally ridiculous while you drive it, because that's what she has. <laughs> As if the pants weren't yeah. enough. Maybe that's like you know some people say pant. Maybe that is what a pant is. That's a pant. That's it right there. Although it's sort of like a briefs and a pant. Yeah, a brief attached to a. It's pant. like the the one but leg like, coming well, off hello. the underwear. That's basically. a very handsome pant you have on. It's like, well, thank you. <laughs> I believe it compliments these. It goes with your six well. pack, creepy Bridget Nelson Nielsen. Yeah. Oh God. She's like my husband. Flavor Flav loves it. She's. They never really were married, were they? I don't think so, but they had a slew of TV shows. The both of them. First they were like on some show, and then they were like on some show together, and then they like had their own shows. Maybe not. I mean, people. There was a Flavor Flav show, but I don't know if anyone Flavor really wants Flav. to see a 2000 era Bridget Nielsen show. Yeah, there was. It's like, man, you were kind of hot in Rocky Four. Not so much anymore. Nope, not really at all. She is wizened. Totally. Wasn't she Red Sonja? Like a tree. Or, uh, no, she wasn't, yes, maybe? I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. If so, you can add that to the list of things that she was indeed hot in. Yeah, totally. Crap, where's my notes from this freaking, this show? Whoa, what is this Red, what is this Red Sonja 2009? What? Are they remaking Red Sonja? terrible. Tell me this is not animated. It looks like that guy that does the uh the like sexy art of uh fantasy chicks with like swords and chainmail bikinis. Oh yeah. Which indeed she is wearing a chainmail bikini in this cover art. I feel it. That also sounds like the worst yeah. thing ever. But anyway. Yeah, it looks pretty awful. Let's let's preserve our mem- memories of Conan three as they were. <laughs> Uh, so, what is going on in this episode? Uh, I'll tell you what's going on. Vampires! For reals. So, the premise of this episode 
is that uh, Benton somehow just runs into a woman on the street. And I know what you're thinking. Where would Benton hang out that he would meet a woman? And I was as surprised as you are, but it happened. Gay bar? Yeah. Lots of women go there. So he runs into this chick, and they say something. Oh, something about like all good things must come to an end or everything comes to an end. Which is ironic, because the woman that Benton is talking to is really an unfrozen cryogenic patient who has been turned into a psychic vampire. <laughs> well, you've skipped over one of the best parts, which is when he meets her, and she's sort of put off. And he's like, it's okay, I'm not going to do anything to you. I'm a cyber police officer, a.k.a. serial <laughs> rapist. <laughs> what is that a qualification for? How, what? Oh, really? Did you graduate from the academy? Yes, I just graduated from space prison. Space prison? <laughs> I mean, academy. Yes. I'm not going to chop you up and leave you in a fridge. Well, we all, Dave, I think we all know that Benton got sent up for a rather innocuous crime of posing as a woman and then having the unfortunate circumstance of being picked up by the chief of police. Who yeah. was not interested. Well, that was discussed in episode one. Yeah. They weren't, he wasn't interested in that kind of play. Well, he he might have been, but then the paparazzi showed up, and he had to play it off. He was like, I was, uh, this is a sting operation. <laughs> and truth be told, you're probably better off hanging out with the pet shop of horror yeah, guys. Yeah, for real. At least then you get a penguin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, that then sparks interest because lots of genetic scientists are turning up dead. Bum, bum, bum. Drained of blood. Which Barsass is quick to point out may in fact not be a vampire. Even though everybody says, shut up, Barsass, it's totally a vampire. It's like, he's like, does not compute. There's no such thing as vampires. It's like, dude, seriously, two episodes ago, robot computer ghost. Are we like, <laughs> did they wipe your memory banks? Come on. Well, that was the same. Well, one episode ago, he claimed he wasn't going to be an accessory to whatever crime. Uh, the uh, what was the guy's name? I can't remember anybody's name anymore. The revolver guy. Sengoku. Yeah, he was gonna. He wasn't gonna be an accessory to Sengoku breaking into the military base, and then he totally was. It's like downloading schematics. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, Barthas. <laughs> he's like the. Uh, <laughs> he's like the fat friend. He's like, come on, guys, let's just go home. He totally we is the do fat this. friend. And they're like, shut up, fatty. You're coming. You're coming. You know how you? Yeah, you always call that guy like a brick or a rectangle. This time he actually is. And seriously, like, for all of the cybernetic technology, the cops have the crappiest-looking Mac 2 robot ever. <laughs> yeah, it's an Apple II. Yeah, this is, like, the worst robot. <laughs> he plays Oregon Trail. It's, like, 800 years in the future, Oregon Trail is the only thing of our culture that survived. Yeah. It's like some other, like, police department shows up. They've got, like, humanoid-looking cyborg. It's a woman. They did... They did show yeah, up. That's... It was in the last episode. Sengoku. He shot psychic lasers. Sengoku looks at Barsass. He's like, I, it's like come on. I can tell you how many feet are in a mile. I hate you. You're worthless. <laughs> okay, I'll just wait in the car. You do that. Yeah, maybe you should. Ah, uh, yes. But anyway, so they're investigating what's happening to all of these genetic scientists and stuff happens. I mean, I guess there's sort of like the detective part of the show, which really kind of... I mean, you think it's kind of lame because it's basically a montage of Benton and Sengoku showing up and roughing people up to get information. 
But then they find like the I don't know the techno dwarf. Like all trails lead to techno dwarf, and he's got this ridiculous helmet <laughs> yeah. he wears everywhere. Here's the, if you don't want to be conspicuous, I mean you're already a dwarf, so you know you can hide behind trash cans and things. Don't yeah. wear a or in trash big cans. ass helmet. I mean you're already going to be the only. Dwarf. Maybe he just wants to be seen. Yeah, maybe he does. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense since he has like the secret stairway to nowhere, activated through his helmet. I mean, it's detective in so much as uh, it's detective-y until Benton runs into, you know, the criminals who kill police officers for fun with their, like, giant descending King Kong cage. Yes. Gets them every time. The old cage from the sky (laughs) trick. (laughs) Where did that cage come from? Why do you even need a cage? You were pointing a gun at him already. <laughs> the cage didn't even help. He's like shooting him with a flamethrower. He's like, I'm going to roast you alive, pig. And then Benton like, you have to have some kind of mastery to shoot out monofilament wire like 20 feet in front of you and cut a guy's hand off without injuring yourself in the process. I hope that was never my standard kid if I got put into the cyber police. They're like, here's your monofilament wire. It's like, so how's the... Uh, workman's comp plan in this job because i'm not surviving day one he he hands it to you your fingers just fall off it's like oh oh my it's like you didn't even open it yet i don't think this is the job for me lots of paper cuts yeah he also he lets like there's three of the criminals and he cuts the one guy's hand off and he just lets the rest of them go he's like okay now that you don't have a hand think about what you've done yeah. I don't know. I think I'd finish the job, especially since they've shown they're no strangers to murder. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What He's basically a criminal. He's used to surviving in space prison. That's what you do to people in space prison. You cut their ass up. Cut their hands but off. But not bad enough so the warden comes down on you hard. Oh, wait. Is this the... I don't know. Maybe it's worse if the cyber police leaves you alive. Wait... All right, we've got to hustle up because I I just had I remembered something that happened in this episode that is so stupid. We've got to talk about it. Is it the explosive decompression? No, but maybe. Remember when they they Benton uh, rescues the girl and punches out Sengoku, and then yeah, and then what's the guy's name? Asagawa. Hasegawa, yeah. And then Hasegawa's like, all right, Sengoku, you have to kill Benton or I'm going to kill you. And then you're like, wait a second, Benton has one of those exploding collars on. You could kill him right yeah. now. <laughs> Why do you... <laughs> Maybe it's because he's testing him. Well, just another one of those He's things. like, don't be a pussy. Kill him. <laughs> Working for him must be terrible. It's just like, you can <laughs> yeah, blow off his head from anywhere, I thought. He's like, yeah, but I don't feel like it. I feel like having you do it. I can't be bothered to press a button. It's more sadistic this way. It totally is. It's like, it's like this can't be legal. It's like, you're right, it's not. It isn't. But you, He's above the law. He is the law. He must be. I just remember hearing that and being like, wait, are you serious? That doesn't even make sense. And what's even funnier is Sengoku doesn't even point it out. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to do your He's dirty like, work. Uh, boss? 
He's probably scared that if he said anything, that he would blow his collar off. Apparently, he's willing to do it for. He's no like, "What do you know? All. I can do it. I forgot." I would hate like that guy can like never eat a grapefruit or anything. He gets a little bit in his eye. Gah! Beep beep beep. Kills seven <laughs> yeah. criminals. Like they're all in, like the shower, brushing their teeth, meeting their long lost daughter. Hi, honey. <laughs> Hasagawa. Oh my god. You told me all I can think you gotta think about poor Gogol who's just sort of caught in the middle of this. He's like, I'm glad I'm the loner. Yeah, for real. Nobody ever partners me up with anybody. Oh, it must be nice to be essentially useless. It's like Gogol. Just keep sitting there doing nothing. But you, Sengoku, you're lucky if I don't blow your collar up right now. It's like what are you what are you talking about? It's like this sandwich is dry. It is subpar yeah. sandwich. He's like, I, he- I really hate it when people slurp their soup. <laughs> He's like getting mad at him. He's like, I hate vegetable minestrone. It's like, you're not even eating it. It's my soup. <laughs> He's like, you better throw that shit out the window or it's bye-bye. <laughs> oh, man. My mom made this for I me. I you also got one. Yeah. yeah, by the way, I just put a collar on your mom. You better throw your mom out I the window. I just blew her head up. <laughs> yeah. Sengoku, you have to kill you your mom. kill your mom. <laughs> but you just put a collar on her. Kill your mom or I'll kill you. <laughs> and then her. Maybe. Maybe I'll just sleep with her under the threat of blowing your head up. Maybe these collars don't actually work. We've never <laughs> seen anyone actively get their head blown up like yeah they, we've never seen him blow anyone's yeah head up. They're, they're, somebody accidentally blew their own head up trying to disarm the thing yeah there's no, there i guess maybe that's supposed to be sort of the running man scene where it's like no stay behind the line yeah it's not disarmed no manuelo oh so sad it's like sanchez <laughs> You were too ethno-diverse to be in this movie. But anyway. We already had a black guy. That was enough. There was no room for Mexican super criminals. Ah, yes. The Running Man was a great movie. But anyway. It was pretty sweet. uh, So, the real... Beyond all the stupid crap that's going on with Hasegawa, as usual, uh, there is a deeper plot that's happening inside... Um, inside the show, and that is that this cybernetic laser shooting saber tooth tigers. Yes, that's. I mean, that's that might as well be the point of the whole show of all anime in general. Well, so there's this <laughs> medical institute that uh, a guy founded who has been alive for like 200 years apparently, and the medical institute is at the heart of what is happening with these murders and also with the creation of the chick who is a cybernetic vampire. Um, so, you know, obviously the investigation leads there and it turns out they have a space elevator and that's what they call it. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what it's called. I mean, I mean, I guess it's a space elevator is not an elevator you ride into space. So that's sort of a misnomer, but I just imagine that. On the other side of the planet, Jerry has just crapped his pants. <laughs> I could have, I could have played that level of nine hander around him. <laughs> it would make me very uncomfortable. 
<laughs> space elevator. You'd be like, oh, oh, space elevator. Oh, God. And I'd be like, Jerry, Jerry. I mean, it's only like a one-minute cutscene. And he's like, I know that's all I need. And I'm like, okay, I really love this game. But now it's out the window. It's gone. Forever. No but I love it how Benton, like, stealthily sneaks through the entire medical facility, steals an ID card, or he uses the the Techno Dwarf's ID cracking system and uh, gets on board the space elevator. But I got to believe that the space elevator only goes one direction at a time. So as soon as you are on it, everybody knows someone is on board the space yeah. elevator. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to stop it. Why don't they just open the doors and vent you into space? Or why don't they just like turn on the cameras? It's like, we didn't install cameras on this thing. What if we have an intruder? Come on, intruder on the space elevator? Who could possibly make it that far? They'd have to know some sort of cyber dwarf. I mean, seriously. How many of those could there be? Uh, yeah, so anyway, he gets up to the space station, and he begins investigating. And he finds um, the original, I don't know, cryogenic container of the, the woman who has become unfrozen. And there are frozen rose petals in her container. How poetic. Oh, it's to keep you comfortable. You're like, oh, I'm going to be frozen. Here's some nice thoughts of like, yeah, and I mean, I love that's frozen cryogenically with my rose petals. Roses are a poetic thing to put into a cryogenic container, but not nearly as poetic as a cybernetic saber-toothed tiger that shoots lasers <laughs> out of its mouth. Like that just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Like the like why why does it need to be a saber tooth tiger if it shoots lasers? That's what I'm saying. Like, all right, so you you know, you let's diagram this for a second. So anyway, the scene happens where this Benton is investigating uh the, the cryogenic chamber, and then another one just pops out from the wall and you're already thinking, Okay, this isn't gonna be good. There's probably gonna be another psychic vampire in there. But no, psychic vampires are for pussies. You don't send psychic vampires yeah. after people when you've got a cybernetic saber-toothed tiger that shoots lasers out of its mouth. Like, what was the design phase for that? Did you just talk to a six-year-old? It's like, hey, Billy, yeah. what is awesome? Uh, saber-toothed tiger, robot, laser out of its mouth? It's like, you are correct, Billy. Now you don't have to die. You're right. <laughs> yeah, your collar's not going to get popped <laughs> yeah, Hossi, this time. Hossi. But you better keep cracking those ideas out. <laughs> Just hands him a box of construction <laughs> paper and crayons. And he's like, get to work. He taps his lighter. He's like, yeah, five ideas by Monday. Go. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. Nazi Tyrannosaurus Rex. With rocket launchers from its holding butt. Holding a machine gun. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's good, but it's no saber-toothed tiger. And he just starts furiously scribbling on the paper. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Billy, does that sound like an idea that's good enough to save your mother? Because now you have to kill her. He puts an explosive collar on Billy's favorite doll. <laughs> Say goodbye to Raggedy Andy. Raggedy, no! You're next. Just to show you that this wasn't an idle threat. Yeah, for real. You got to let him know it's serious. But yeah, I mean, that's just that scene gets more and more insane as your mind begins to comprehend what's happening. Because first you see like a cat rise from the coffin. You're like, well, that's pretty crazy. 
And then you see like the cybernetic part, and you're like, well, that is really weird. And then you realize it's a saber-toothed tiger, and you're like, <laughs> I mean, why did they need to be cryogenically frozen? We're taking this longevity longevity theme a little far. Well, maybe they went back in time (laughs) and brought the tubes with them and, like, cybernetically altered a bunch of saber-toothed tigers and then put them in the tubes. For some reason, they couldn't bring them forward in time, so they just left them there for a million years. Yeah, but so then, anyway, Benton is running away, and all of a sudden, the saber-toothed tiger opens its mouth, and a laser comes out. (laughs) And you're just like, this is... This is insanity. And wisely. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's also totally awesome because Benton doesn't even overcome it. He just runs away. Well, that's what I would Me do. Me too. But, I mean, it just makes sense. But, you know, you're always thinking, like, all right, he's going to do some lame monofilament wire thing. But, no. He takes his ass home straight down the space elevator. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You don't even know if that would work. Like, Yeah, I don't even... You can't monofilament wire a laser. I would monofilament wire suicide. I would just like coil that around myself and yeah. cut myself into ribbons immediately. Like the chick from Appleseed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is just too scary. Because, I mean, what if he's got a laser in his mouth? He can probably shoot through the door. And what if he traps you on the space elevator? You know he's not going to shoot the laser then. Then it's all about the teeth and the claws. The cybernetically yeah, enhanced teeth shred and his claws. way through. It's like, God, just use the laser. Stop eating my legs. (laughs) He runs for the elevator. He's hitting the door close button. (laughs) Ding, ding. Come on, come on. You know, if you hit it too many times, it doesn't work. Or really, you hit it once, and then it's it's just going to make the door close slower. No, you fool, stop. Oh, man. That would be awkward at the very bottom. When the cybernetic saber yeah. tire explodes out into your medical facility, killing patients. It's like, oh my god, he's in the hospice. Well, well I guess it's not that bad. You're a terrible Those person. Cybernet- the overflow from the cybernetic saber tooth tiger, Grant, <laughs> saved all the patients in this hospital. We use the rest to cure cancer. <laughs> but So really, their lives were ours to do with as we would. And indeed we did, because we put explosive collars on all of them. <laughs> that was all the rage at the time. Explosive collar this, explosive collar that. Everybody was doing it. <laughs> Nobody thought about the repercussions. Nobody. They were like, when's an explosive collar ever going to explode my head? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Aha. So anyway. You almost got me, Hasegawa. And he's like, ah, you guys are too smart for me. I'm going to wrangle up some more criminals. It's like somebody killed that man. <laughs> yeah. If only he had an explosive collar on him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Benton is investigating this uh, medical facility. And he figures everything out. It turns out that the girl had some incurable anemia. <laughs> Which is like... Anemia is not that big of a deal right now, nor was it in the 1990s. You know what you can cure with anemia? Or how you can cure anemia? Vitamins. It's not even like a cure. It's a very manageable uh, prognosis. Condition. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's not like I a, had a very rare form really of anemia. Unless your rare form of anemia is actually leukemia, that is not a disease you need to freeze yourself for. We can handle leukemia now. 
Like, that's one of the easy ones. I guess, but I mean, it's just like anemia. You couldn't figure something else out. It's like, try not to get any cuts. Yeah. And even then, it won't be that bad. It's not that it automatically makes you a hemophiliac. <laughs> Although, it sort of does. I looked up... Well, only if you're exploded by decompression. Well, what's even crazier is that... Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so she has... Uh, she's got this very rare anemia. So what happens? The leader of the organization uses her as a guinea pig... To create a virus that will let him live forever. Sweet. Which makes sense. It's like from your malignant cancer, I can synthesize a potion of eternal youth. Well, what's he- that makes sense. I'm glad I kept smoking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for real. And then so what happens? Oh, you know, of course... There's a problem, and uh, the problem is that it turns you into a vampire because you crave hemoglobin. Which, I mean, you own a medical facility, don't you? Well, it's also... Like, it seems like there's easier ways to do it than murdering your employees. Yeah. Well, here, you know what else has a lot of hemoglobin, or helps you with hemoglobin, Dave? Anything with iron, vitamin C, uh, so you know... (laughs) So he needs to eat more... Cereal? Yeah, really. He just apparently beetroot, spinach, <laughs> apples. I think this could really be fixed by you having a healthy serving of grape nuts every morning. <laughs> Spice it up with some fresh turmeric. All of these things are probably more than adequate. But no, she has to suck people's blood after she sedates them, or I don't know, I guess the more correct term is subdues them with her psychic abilities. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I guess we've skipped over the whole sniper battle with Bridget Nielsen, which is okay. I mean, what the it happens. Rifles at dawn, but nine thirty ish, which is what this is. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever. She like she hands Benton a rifle, goes off in her cart, and then starts zooming towards him <laughs> with a sniper rifle. Yeah, and it's like they it's like charge. He'll never expect this. I would be popping off so many rounds. Like, why would she need to get close enough? I would have given him a gun that blows up. Yeah. Just like iced tea. Just like iced tea. Never. Always check the barrel. That's right. Should have thought of that, Ben 10. Always check the barrel for a laser shooting cybernetic saber tooth tiger. <laughs> he pulls the trigger. One pops out. Oh, so oh. just turns around, starts eating his legs. Oh, why is it always the legs? <laughs> always check the barrel. Should listen to Ice T. But there is another, you know, he- amazing hyper battle that involves explosive decompression, as Dave mentioned. Yeah, between a well, when he finally gets to fight the vampire, who's we've discovered is immortal, he's like Gamma. Yeah, basically, sort of. So he can, like, whatever happens, gets his arm chopped off, no big deal, grows another arm. Benton figures it out. He's like, we're in space. I know what space is about. So he vents him out into space, which causes him to explode. I don't know, Dave. Maybe his Maybe he had, like, like, you know, a really big bean burrito or something. (laughs) It's like, oh, no. 
He's like Taco the, Bell. The don't, don't fart. Don't fart. <laughs> this just rips through him like a shockwave, and then there's like chunks of vampire floating everywhere. Vampire and burrito poop, which is the worst kind of poop. It's like, oh man, I even had corn salsa. This is a bad choice all around. Yes, this was not a good plan. But explosive decompression, not enough to stop a vampire. Well, yeah, Dave. All those little, like, vampire giblets just put themselves right back together. Well, what's even more remarkable is that, well, the, the reason that, it turns out, the reason that a lot of the uh, the scientists were getting killed in the beginning was because they were developing a virus that would kill this immortal vampire dude. Luckily, they managed to succeed because then Benton has one of his little justice rod things coated in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fire! Pew! And it starts dinging around the room again. It's like, man, I should have just put this on a bullet. Yeah, or, you know, in a gas or something like that. Yeah. Could you just put it, like, in the ventilation system and then you wouldn't have to do all this stuff like vent him into space? It's like, well, I was really going for the aliens angle, you know, where, like, Ripley gets in, like, the walker and then, like, drops the queen into the airlock. I just thought it would be cool. I could die at any moment. I kind of just want to have some fun. <laughs> well, I just love it how the, the – I mean, you got to believe that the uh, the vampire at this point has teleported on multiple occasions. What makes you think he can't do it from space? Yeah. I don't even think he walks anywhere. He just teleports everywhere. Would you walk anywhere if you could teleport? Probably not. It's like, man. It's like, I got to turn off the TV. <laughs> teleport. <laughs> Your doctor's like, you really should just walk instead of teleporting. You've gained, <laughs> since you've become immortal, you've gained 100 pounds. It's like Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> You're just floating around the room hanging yes. out with Sting. Oh, uh, yes. How's Harkonnen? But Benton, he gets the capstone. The one-liner that closes out the series. Now it's time I put you out of my misery. Snap. Brilliant. I don't think you really get to make that choice. I'm sorry I'm inconvenient for you, but I don't want to die. <laughs> I wish I could do that to people I didn't like. Yeah, I'm going to put you out of my like misery. Now I've got my, an- my annoying co-worker antivirus. You're kind of. <laughs> I shoot him with one of those rods. <laughs> Ow! Now I'm dead. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I get arrested. <laughs> Projection isn't really a healthy way to deal with your problems. Yeah. It's like, man, Benton, you need to visit the cyber police cyber therapist. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about today, Benton? It's like, well. When people irritate me, I synthesize a virus that will kill them. <laughs> it's happened more than once. How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel like I want to synthesize a virus to kill you. <laughs> okay. The therapist is writing on his pad, 911. <laughs> but oh no, he is 911. He calls the cops. Ozagawa just shows up and puts a collar it's, on the therapist. Yes, <laughs> now you have to kill Benton. He calls the police. It's Benton. Your only patient. I told you not to call the police. It's like, but that breaks the Hippocratic Oath. Kill Benton. 
or I'll kill you, even <laughs> though I could kill yeah. Benton. <laughs> so you don't even have authority over me. I'm a private contractor. You don't control this collar. This is somebody else's collar. Oh, really? He just starts hitting buttons. Yeah, I'm bound to get it at some point. Three quarters of the cyber police is wiped out in one day. <laughs> somebody calls up Asagawa. It's like, hey, uh, anyway, I had some guy riding traffic tickets downtown, and some people say they saw his head explode. <laughs> Would you happen yeah, to know anything weird, about? Yeah, that's weird because I don't know. I'm just I was I was just hanging out. Me, me and Vargas were just discussing the matters of the day. Vargas is like, "No, Hasagawa, I saw you push the buttons." He's like, "Damn it, Vargas!" If only they made robo collars for you, Barsass. Yeah. I hate you. But that's it. That's Cyber City Oedo. It's totally sweet. I'm I'm so sad that it has to come to an end. God, if I ever become a wealthy philanthropist, I mean, there are many things you can choose. I'm like, support cancer research, support AIDS research, uh, help third world countries, or just fund Yoshiaki Kawajiri's <laughs> directing career. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to be like the patron system. He's going to be like my Leonardo. I'll be like, just create. <laughs> uh, he's got like a picture of the saber-toothed tiger. And he's just looking at it for like 17 days straight. He doesn't even eat. And it's like they're like, what is he doing, sir? He's wasting all your money. And I'm like, just wait. He knows what he's doing. He knows. If we could make even one thing half as good as a laser-shooting cybernetic saber-toothed tiger, I would feel that I had made a positive impact on this world. As you would have. As you would have. That's it. I don't know. We got to, like, look the, look him up on Anime News Network, see if there's any lost gems of his that we haven't seen yet. But now apparently we need to go out and watch did- Bow. Yeah, I guess the next next up is uh, Cybernetic Guardian. I figured if we can't have Yoshiaki Kawajiri, then the man who brought us MD Geist is a close yes, second. Yes, indeed. All right, I'm ending the recording. But... Word. Word. <laughs>